Hello, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. We welcome you here. You know, we're, we're talking about the new blessings in uh, the New Covenant. This is part three. And, you know, we want to talk first of all about, open this up with talking about idols and what they are. First of all, idols are something or someone who occupies my time. It's something I go to for meaning and purpose in life. Um, for instance, before Christ, um, we might have drank alcohol. And what happens is um, when we get our meaning to life in that, what happens is our purpose, we find our purpose in that too. Our purpose is to drink as much as possible. And of course, in Adam, sinners, that's what sinners did. And that's what we did before Christ is sin. And so, but when we're taken out of Adam, placed in Christ, we're given a brand new identity. And now we're called and given the right to be called children of God. And so that first commandment, we know what the Ten Commandments are. But if you look at the first one, it says, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Now, we all broke that law, didn't we? Well, if you've ever gone to anything for peace or comfort or joy other than Jesus, you've broke that law, you see. And the scriptures telling us in James 2.10 that if we broke one law, we broke them all. So we've all broken God's laws. And so were the people um, down below on the, you know, the story of the Moses. And he's up on the hill talking with the Lord and he gets the commandments and he comes down. And he's on his way down. He's really excited about what the Lord's laid on his heart there. And he's carrying the Ten Commandments. And, of course, we know the story. Jesus, uh, or, um, the Lord was working through the bush there and on Mount Sinai. And uh, the bush was available. And that's kind of a neat picture, too, um, that uh, we can have and uh, see that the Lord was even on Mount Sinai in the backdrop. Jesus is um, in the Old Covenant as well. The difference is Jesus was in the backdrop on the, under the Old Covenant. Um, and Jesus and the New Covenant is living in us today. And so, but we see David, uh, you know, he's walking with the Lord um, in the valley of his shadow and the Lord is with him. Notice how he doesn't say in him. Um, but the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul goes to tell us for me to live as Christ. So he's actually, Christ is actually in us under this new covenant. But when uh, Moses came down off of that mountain, Mount Sinai, what he noticed is the people sinning. They had made idols for themselves. And so we did that, didn't we? We all did that. See, so God finds fault with the people, not with this covenant, you see. So we've died to the law. The law did not die. And so the author, uh, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 8, verse 7 and 8, says, For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have sought, been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. Okay, So remember that this new covenant is actually uh, what we're talking about. This is uh, was delivered, uh, this message delivered to uh, from the Lord to uh, the prophet Jeremiah. Of course, Jeremiah is going to profess this truth to uh, Israel and uh, to let them know what's to come. And so we're living under this new covenant today. But remember, it was just um, a prophecy given by the Lord to Jeremiah and to profess the truth of what was to come.
Remember what the law was? The law was a mirror to show us our need for life in Christ. See, because when we're in the law room, you know, personally speaking, I rebelled a little bit before Christ, as many of us did. And you know what happens when you rebel before Christ as a, a sinner in Adam before we're given the right to be called a child of God is we get in trouble with the law, you see. And so if you obey the law, you'll be okay with them. You break the law, you're not okay with them. You're not right with them. So it's not like grace. It's a different system. But the law has a purpose. The law shows us that we're spiritually dead, separated from God, that our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, you see. And so it shows us our true condition before Christ and our need to be born again. And so that's what the purpose of the law was. Remember as, you know, I had a picture of, uh, you know, walking into God's courtroom and he had his Ten Commandments behind him in this judge, uh, in this courtroom. And he basically says, have you broken any of these commandments? And I looked at the first one. It says, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Basically, yeah, broke that one. And then, you know, there's no sense going on because if you break one, you broke them all, right? And so, but, um, you know, so I admit it. I was like, Father, yeah, you're right. God, I, I broke all your laws. And, uh, and uh, Jesus comes into the courtroom and says, Wait a minute, wait a minute. He believes in me. He is in me and I am in him. And, uh, and so, you know, the neat thing about that is, is in that, uh, that dream I had or vision or whatever it was, from the Lord that I was able to leave that courtroom um, with Jesus and uh, of course he was going to teach me how to live as a, a follower of him um, and so that was the neat thing so but yeah he's forgiven us of our sins we're right in him and we're one spirit with him we get to participate with him now um, in this world led by his spirit um, but remember even when we're faithless he remains faithful so this is behavior this is unbelief um, you know, sometimes when we, we're sinning on occasion, what happens is our perception of God's love changes for us. Not, It doesn't change. His love never changes, but our perception of his love changes because that's what sin does when we allow it in now as children of God. But even in those times, and say even we sin on occasion and we're faithless, uh, meaning we're not trusting him, we leave trusting and we go over to trying to live the Christian life and we fall flat on our faces. Okay, The problem is, even when we do this, um, he remains faithful. That means he always is going to remain faithful to love us unconditionally and this has nothing to do with our physical performance or behavior. When God our Father sees us, children of his, he says, there's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect. Nothing can separate you from my love because you're in my son Jesus Christ. And uh, so you're accepted in him as well, he says. And so that's the neat thing to remember that. Um, remember, to the Father, we're always lovable um, because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And remember, um, new covenant forgiveness was final and unconditional. It was based entirely on what Jesus Christ accomplished and did for us. So our Father's love for us will never change. Remember this new covenant, folks. The new blessings of this new covenant is not about you. That's why Jesus Christ has become the guarantee of a better covenant. 
He dies for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us. You know, Pascal said this, you know, the worst thing to be without is hope. And um, Pascal said this, he said, uh, there was a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every human being that could not be filled by any created thing, only by God, made known through Jesus Christ. And so remember, as believers in Christ, we have this hope as an anchor, firm and secure, holds us together. Truth abides in us and will be with us forever. Did you know that? Did you know that we don't have to abide and, um, you know, hold on to Jesus? You know, I've heard a lot of grace teachers even say this. We need to cling to Jesus whenever we go to trouble or whenever we have trouble. No. Second John 2 says it's because truth abides in us. Well, that's the reason why we don't have to hold on to Jesus or cling to him truth abides in us that word abide means to remain in and so that's what he does in us he remains in us firm and secure meaning he holds us together when everything around us is falling apart you see and that's the hope that we have you know i like this uh this quote from uh, american poet walt whitman he said keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you It kind of reminded me of uh, what the writer of Hebrews said in uh, chapter 10, verse 1, when he said the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. And so remember that this old covenant law was just about trying, you know, reaching up to God through self-effort in hopes of gaining his love. So... That's not the covenant we're in anymore. It's kind of like a shadow when you're walking towards the sun and you're gazing at the sun. um, What you're going to notice is your shadow is behind you. And so it's behind us. It's, It's not in our lives anymore. It doesn't have any part with us. We're just, you know, enjoying the grace of God now. And that's the symbolic figure that we have, picture of the sun facing the sun with the shadow of the law behind us and so be encouraged and this has been new blessings of the new covenant part three thank you